0: howdy and welcome back to another episode of the one the only fan club and podcast dedicated exclusively to effects pedals if you love effects pedals you are amongst friends you have found your home here at the effects pedal fan club i'm justin i'm vince vince we have a a a new show for us today we're going to get into it in a second uh we uh We polled the community asking for some questions that they were hoping that we would answer. And uh, we're going to, this is new for us and we're going to get into it here in a second. I've seen some of the questions. Vince has not seen some of the questions, so we're going to keep it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. But before that, some quick housekeeping. You can find us at uh, effectspedalfanclub.com. Sign up for the newsletter there, all signal, no noise. You can uh, find us on the gram. That's where we ask these questions, and that's at effectspedalfanclub. Uh, tag us uh, if you got questions we'll try our, our best to get them answered for you but um, before we get into these questions vince what's been going on do you have any new uh new um petals uh, anything going on in your world that's new fresh i know i do have one big question for you personally i left the um ehx lizard queen with you have you had a chance to play it
1: uh I haven't yet, and it's because uh, what's new in my world is I have set up uh, like a little recording setup on my computer. And at first I was doing kind of direct input from my guitar into uh, the audio interface and then doing all the kind of uh, like amp sim and pedal sim and stuff like that, like just testing out sounds and I recently uh, bought some new cables to try and set up, basically to run into an amp and then run my amp into my audio interface. And so I'm gonna do a setup of like a little pedal board for recording and stuff. And so I'm like in the process of like building another pedal board and it's gonna run into the Mesa Mark V actually, because it has an XLR out and that's gonna go into the audio interface. And so uh, I'm like in the process of setting that up right now. That's great. I think one note on the Mesa Mark five, if you're are, you still have to have
0: the speaker connected cause it's under load or something when you're gonna do the XL oh, really? out. Okay, I think I'll so. Ha-
1: I'll have to look into it. Yeah, double
0: check that so you don't fry the head. That would be a bummer.
1: <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, make I think sure.
0: you still need load on the speaker, but I'm not positive. So worth worth exploring. Maybe some uh, fan club members can answer that question for us.
1: Yeah, I'm also, but, I could also run, like, uh, both of my other amps. Like, my, uh, my Ibanez has a headphone out, and I could run that with, like, a TCS cable into the audio interface as well instead of uh, via XLR, and it would ideally be the same thing. Yeah, because the Mesa Mark V has
0: cab sim on it, so yeah. you wouldn't even need that. Right. Also yep. do that, do the Mesa Mark five. That way you still have the, um, your amp to jam. Like, so you don't, you have two setups.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah. That's that. So, also, this is
0: great news that you're building a recording situation. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: it's, it's, uh, like I built a, like I got the basic setup going and then I'm like, okay. I was like, I could make this like super sick. Cause I've got like this little, um, uh, Bench shelving unit that's next to my, uh, desk. And I don't, I, I, I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast last time, but I got a new desk that has like a motor that goes from like standing to sitting, like yeah. so it's a standing desk. And so I've got like different memory setups for different heights. And one of them is specifically so I can stand and play guitar. And it's like lower than my standing desk setup. Cause it doesn't get hit by the head of the guitar when I'm standing in front of the monitor. And then, um, yeah, so I'm, like, maneuvering. I was, like, oh, I can make this really cool. And now I'm, like, I get uh, a little overwhelmed because I was, like, I hope I don't have to take too much of my desk apart to, like, sit <laughs> to do this because I'm also very particular about uh, cables, like, running cables. Oh, yeah, cable and,
0: management's a big thing. Yeah,
1: and, like, right now I have, like – my cable management is very, very tight. And then like adding these new things, I'm like, well, do I have to take all of my cable management down and basically redo all of it? Cause that probably took me 30 minutes to an hour just to do that part.
0: Yeah. I know. I get that cable management is just a, it's a nightmare. Like yeah. you have to do it, but to take the time to do it is tough.
1: Yeah. And so I'm like, I've got this hurdle of like, actually like, Start like setting all of it up, but yeah, no, I'm really excited to like kind of test some stuff out for recording.
0: This is great news, Vince. I had no idea this was going on, and I've I've been having this dream that we're able to just record little snippets of the pedals we're talking about, right? So we can just yeah. like have some sample, so we don't have to that, always rely on words which are great for how we use them and how we stack them and all that. But it'd be great to have like, I know a lot of fan club members are like, Oh, I'd love to hear what that pedal sounds like. So this might be our way forward for that little recording session over at the club. Oh, definitely.
1: I would, uh, yeah, it'd be super easy to
0: do that. Oh, I'm digging that. Especially, Especially if cause... I can
1: get the, the Mesa Mark five up. Cause then you got like, I could have a clean sound and basically, you know, this is like just running only this pedal basically into a Mesa Mark five and do a,
0: yeah. let's work towards that let's work oh, I towards I, that Vince cuz then you have that. two channels on there right so you can see how it plays as a as it into an overdriven amp how it plays into a clean amp i love this this is great yeah.
1: this yeah. is the this is this is the new way forward for the club i'm stoked yeah. so uh, yeah that's my uh, that's my new thing right now so i i haven't tested the lizard queen cuz i've got this other thing on my plate and i've been playing with it so much that i haven't like straight jammed my pedal board in uh a couple weeks probably actually this
0: other thing on your plate does that mean? Is that work? Is that the recording studio? No, 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 that's
1: the—that's that, the, that's like the whole recording setup thing. Uh, because I've been okay, 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 I've pretty much had a guitar in my hand the entire time I've been like messing with stuff, and so I've been jamming and playing like this whole time, and then I just haven't uh, like gone into the the music room and just jammed on the amp in a while. And this gotcha. allows me to jam very late into the evening, like nine, ten o'clock, if I feel like jamming. Cause I can throw on headphones, uh, and not wake up Sheena. (laughs) This
0: is, yeah, this is great. This is win, win, win. I'm loving where this is headed. Yeah.
1: Um, this is
0: awesome. Well, I'm, I was like really confident. I was, you're going to come on and say, yep, I played it. It's amazing. But that'll be the next episode. I
1: think maybe we'll try to get to that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, that's gonna, I'll have to make sure that I thoroughly test that before the next episode because yeah, it has been like sitting there and I will like walk by it and be like, why have I not like hooked this up yet and played it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been like the local like pedal dealer lately. Like a lot of buddies, um I've been borrowing stuff from for some like commercial shoots and some short films that I've been the DP on. So yeah. I've been just like, hey, oh, I could borrow your hazer and then I would like I'll bring them pedals to try. And uh-huh. like all my buddies are just like they're it's a bet it's a double-edged sword they're like oh cool thanks for bringing me you know all these pedals now i want all of them so you know <laughs> yeah. uh I've, I've been you know dishing out some petty johns people have like never heard of those before um yeah. i let a buddy borrow the source audio collider like they're Ooh. like this is probably the best delay reverb pedal i've ever played i'm like yep i told you um <laughs> <I> told you <laughs> i told you uh but yeah so that's a bummer about the uh, lizard queen do you have any other pedals over there that we sound that way i forget
1: uh yes I have the Thorpey.
0: Oh you have the Boneyard. The Boneyard yeah that's the other one. Yeah we yeah that we snuck the Boneyard into the clubhouse that's a that's a heck of a pedal. Um, we'll yes. talk about that later. But it's funny because I've been you know how much I love the Lizard Queen because that was my Octa fuzz. Yeah. And I guess we can kind of catch up, um, the fan club members because remember I ordered the uh, Mulan Lotus Octa that I was so stoked about. Have you seen that pedal? No, so it's the one that's center positive, and I thought I blew it up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all like if you if you check it out, if you Google it, we'll sh- we'll share some links w- on the, in the in the notes. It's just got a really cool like etched, like they're they're from I think Korea is where they're made, uh-huh. but their graphics are just so cool. They're like kind of chrome steel boxes with etchings on them. They're just really cool pedals. I've always loved them, and I found the uh, Lotus the Octa, which is kind of their octave fuzz. And I thought I blew it up and I didn't. And so you haven't, I guess the long story here is you've had the electro harmonics lizard queen, which is like my go-to fuzz pedal for my gain staging. I finally got one of the uh, polarity reversers for my, um, board and now I can run that, which is filled in the gap nicely. I love that pedal. It's a great pedal.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. The etching on this is so sick. It's
0: so sick, right? Wow.
1: Yeah. When you yeah. like, when you're like, yeah, it's like kind of metal and etched. And I, I was picturing, you know, Thorpey because that's like kind of their go-to yeah. or like, that's the first thing I think of when I think of that. And I mean, this doesn't, it doesn't look anything like a Thorpey. It's very different, but very, very cool.
0: Yeah. So Thorpey's, you know, his boxes and his enclosures are like all custom. I think the, these are fairly standard. This Okta is so great though, because it is, you know, top mount or side mount of top controls, um, yeah. small enclosure but it's, I was playing it today and, um, you know, you've, you have the, uh, the, um, lizard queen has forced my hand to fill in that space of my board. And so I, I yeah. put this on there and you I'm really, work. really happy with it. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Vincent, right. <laughs> that was my plan all along. Yeah. I am super, super stoked on it.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'm really into like the top mounted, um, controls recently. Yeah. Like I, it's weird, aesthetically, I think it doesn't look as cool on uh, on like most pedals, but then as far as like uh, functionality, like when you think about having, you know, a pretty deep pedal board, let's say you got, you know, two rows of pedals, right? You go to hit one of those top row buttons, like you're risking hitting all of the knobs on the bottom row when you go to hit the foot switch on the top row. <laughs> no you're
0: you're exactly right everything's in peril when you step on it and you don't have a switcher like yeah like yeah you could lose your your presets your settings at any moment
1: and like the 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 idea of like the top mounted ones and having those on the bottom row and they're never really in any danger if you're someone who like yeah doesn't have a switcher and you're you know hitting a bunch of you know pedals on and off uh yeah top mounted i'm i'm on board
0: yeah i'm Uh, super super into it um and i just love the looks of these pedals so we can go into those these are these are sick they're they're sick right we do have a long episode coming up i do you know what vince i a little bit more housekeeping next week we have remember i was telling you about jamie the manager at tulsa house of guitars yeah she's coming on the show she will be our guest next week
1: oh my god that's awesome yeah (laughs) i'm stoked i'm stoked for that
0: yeah yeah So we're going to get, she's going to give us a tour of her board because she is deep in the effects pedal world and just a super heck of a player and super good gal. So it's going to be, it'll be a fun episode, but, um, yeah, we should actually just jump into, I got, I do have a new pedal, but we'll talk about it next time. Um, (laughs) let's jump into the questions here.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And so, yeah, as Justin said, I didn't read any of these questions beforehand, uh, purposefully, Cause he, he was like, did you read the question? I was, I was like, no, I kind of wanted to be surprised cause I knew he would read them, and I was like, I just kind of want to be, uh, like, I don't want to have, uh, the time to think about or plan my answers. I want it to be first impression. Genuine.
0: Oh, th- yeah. This is going to be a round of speed dating here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Super easy one. Any, any merch coming soon? I followed up with you bet.
1: Yeah. I mean. That's, that's the plan we actually talked about it when we had dinner the other night of, um, kind of putting something up soon for the holidays. Um, Yeah. We've, uh, we've kind of been, we've, we've talked back and forth with a lot of different kind of design choices. Um, and then we, when we went to the, um, to the Nam show in San Jose, we made ourselves hoodies. Uh, And they're super dope. They have our logo. They're just kind of black and white. Um, But yeah, we've seen like a lot of cool designs from like other companies that are are doing merch. Justin will go do a a job somewhere and get some swag. And, you know, I mentioned, I was like, yo, that's a really cool design idea. We could totally do something like that. And it'd be very simple and cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, long story short, yes, there is merch coming.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Like in the world I hang out in as a DP, like I'm always around creative directors. So like I'm exposed to just wild creative treatments. So we'll yeah. have something coming soon and I'm stoked on it. So yep, that's that answer. So um, this is uh, uh, a great Instagram, all snacks considered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> yeah. He asked, how do you feel about the fuzzrocious rat slash cattail? I think it was originally called the rat tail. Now it's called the cattail. Vince, have you ever played
1: it? Fuzzrocious. I have not played it. Um, is Fuzz Rocious the that company from the East Coast? That's like a husband and wife duo that make pedals. Uh,
0: y- yep, I think so. The, so I mean my answer to him. So flipside is a dealer of Fuzz Fuzz Rocious pedals. Oh, are they? Yeah, I don't think um, I knows. super into them. I've personally never played that, so I looked it up. Uh, all snacks considered. And the one thing that caught my attention was that when you buy the pedal directly from fuzz Rocious, you can choose to have like, you know, a uh, have set, like one of their children, like hand painted design on it for an extra 20 bucks. Like, Oh, sick! that's way better than any lemonade stand. Right. Oh, absolutely. So you should, you should always choose to have <laughs> your pedal hand painted by their kids. I think yeah. that's
1: super, super cool. Well, yeah. So this is the company I was thinking of, and this is, unfortunately i have not played any of their pedals yet but i've had my eye on so many of them because they're very uh, uh their naming scheme and design is so cool obviously fuzz rocious being the name like the company name too uh i can't imagine they would make anything that i wouldn't like but uh pretty much everything i've seen from them is on the uh safer for later in my cart <laughs> For, to buy, um, but no, I, I really want to pretty much play all of these pedals. I need to, I didn't realize Flipside had them. I'll have to go there and try them out.
0: Yeah. Um, so I like, I mean, this would, I think be more if I was to say, if I was to choose one of us for this style of pedal, cause it's definitely rattier. It's def. it's a heavier gain pedal. I would say this is like your world.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. I'll definitely like, I mean, yeah. Agreed. Yep. Um,
0: so I do like the fact it has kind of two gain pots on it that you can tune together, which is a unique feature. So all snacks considered, we have not played it. We love fuzz Roche's pedals. And if you were to buy one, we consider you would just buy the one that you would add the extra 20 bucks and have their kids hand paint it. That's, that's what we would do.
1: And also that this is a husband and wife ran company where I'm pretty sure he does all the design work and she or he does all of the pedal building and she does the graphics for the pedals.
0: Uh, I think that's right. What am I
1: seeing here? This oh, okay, was also yep. Cause you can have I paint, got. you
0: can have it hand painted by the children or by his wife.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Um, so yeah, I think either any of those options is a good way to do it. Support the, support the fuzz roches pedals, support the family. Uh, that's what we're all about here is celebrating builders and what they're doing so uh the next question this is a great question and i, I have a very clear answer to <laughs> what i think it is but i'm curious what yours is okay what pedal changed the way you play or approach guitar the most and this is from
1: Ooh. uh
0: zach meninzach? m-e-n-i-n-z-a-c-h on instagram men zach
1: men Meninz- i'm pretty sure that's zach <laughs>
0: oh that's um friend of the club zach
1: It might be, (laughs) I think. Oh, well, this is a great, I I will,
0: I will 1000% tell him what my favorite was, but what
1: about you? Uh, well, sorry, Zach, I know you as Zach, not as your Instagram handle. I, you answer first. Cause I'll have to, that's when I'll actually have to think about.
0: Okay. Well, while you think about it to me, it is an envelope filter and, the reason I got into envelope filters was because I love Jerry Garcia sound. So like that whole, uh, shakedown street, estimated profit, um, uh, kind of, you know, uh, wah that's basically controlled by your, your pick dynamic, right. Is, is what an envelope filter does. There's a lot of implementations of it, but that's kind of the classic Moogtron envelope filter is I got into it through the Jerry thing. Um, for Garcia kind of imitating that tone but what the envelope filter does because it is a, it's a it's a volume controlled um pedal where the dynamic of the volume controls the the filter you learn dynamics you learn touch sensitivity so then you can take that same plane and apply it to an overdrive or a distortion or clean up you know so you could become a very dynamic player that way and that I remember just being like college, just like jamming a old crappy FX 90 or whatever, you know, the Digitech envelope filter, um, just kind of working on those Jerry tunes and like, you know, a year of that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've become this kind of dynamic player. So I, it really helped me with cleanup and touch and all that. So I think the envelope filter itself and just the, the physics of it is what impacted me the most, um, just learning the dynamics of guitar playing. That's a good
1: answer. Um,
0: I do have an answer for you, though, Vince.
1: Boy, like, my approach to guitar playing, because it's it's tough, because I'm trying to figure out if I could answer that question accurately, because, I mean, there's so many pedals that I've plugged in and have kind of put me in a different space about, like, in a, in a music writing sense where like a pedal is going to create a sound or a tone that just uh, kind of puts me in a different writing space where I end up, uh, you know, writing riffs that are not like anything else I've played. Um, and I feel like that happens a lot with um, with new modulation pedals most of the time because you know i feel like when i mess with a lot of drive uh you know a drive pedal or distortion or fuzz um i end up finding you know i i I love like the range and the sounds that you can get from them and i'll play with those a little bit but most of the time i end up like fine tuning those until it just feels right but um i mean uh have like playing a a wild delay pedal or a chorus pedal or a trem pedal um kind of make me change my guitar tone completely and then um start writing something a little bit differently mm mm-hmm. uh i think the big one for me was actually the metaverse inflection point oh really And it's because at the time, like I loved chorus and I didn't like trim. I just, um, and it's because most of the time it was like that, uh, like change in, uh, volume that I would struggle with, with the trim sometimes. And it would, you know, uh, how would you describe it? You know, the sound that I'm talking about though. Yeah sounds off anyways um and so like it was just hard for me to find trim that i liked and then that pedal is actually a a trim and vibrato pedal it was the first time i used like tremolo myself and liked the sound of it and it really kind of uh made me look at tone and sound differently because it, it's where I really, I think it's the first time I really veered off from uh, my typical tone in, yeah. into something new.
0: Yeah, oh, that's interesting, because, I mean, it is, one, I think you're spot on thinking about effects pedals as ways of finding inspiration, just generally. Like, you could throw a new guitar or an amp or a pedal, and that's going to spark something inside you, hopefully, right? You yeah. know it's good when it does that. But um, just kind of tracing back your own journey, you know, you I think prior to that, you were definitely like, I'm clean delay for cleans and I'm pretty heavy in the overdrive and yeah. you lived in that world. But then just from your compositional standpoint, what you're saying is like, oh, that's the first pedal that I introduced, like modulation or some kind of flavor of modulation. You're like, oh, this is, it opened up like a new thing in your brain. Like as an artist, yeah. you're like, oh, that's what I'm going to start doing. Oh, that's interesting. That's That's a great answer.
1: Yeah. And so like, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it really, Made me play guitar differently, necessarily, but uh, I mean, it made me create music differently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that yeah. counts. The, I think friend of the club Zach is going to take that as a great Zach. Answer. If I didn't answer your question correctly, you, you, aren't you, you going to jam up, soon? You can l- yell at me later. Yeah, are, I actually are, just you, saw him this weekend. Last did weekend. you jam with him? You guys jam? No, him? he had his. Um, he's getting married in oh, October. that's right. I'm very excited for him. And uh, he did like a little. Bachelor Bachelorette thing where we went you, to his house and uh did like survivor style games, and it was really fun um and then we went to the Rockies game the next day. It was great,
0: um yeah, minus outdoors,
1: but I get you, yeah, it um, was really hot and, and super uh, hot, hot this weekend <laughs> yeah and and horrible, but it was very very nice uh nice. seeing him awesome. <laughs> um yeah so
0: okay well we'll uh jump on to the next question (laughs) yeah this is a good one here how do you properly rig your board and amp with two channels so a channel switching amp how are you gonna implement your board with that oh boy that's an interesting one i mean i know i i have the the stock answer and then the considerations but i i mean everything's unique right everything's different but i I've what, given and, this one some thought.
1: And are we uh are they asking for advice or asking how we would do it? Cuz those might be different too. Maybe I'll just answer how I would do it because yeah. then you can either do that or not do that. Okay. Um I mean really what I would do for a two channel amp um is I would probably split my signal at some point early and if i sw- i guess for a two-channel amp i mean i i assuming it one of one's clean one's kind of a a heavier channel yeah let's just like say channel. for argument's sake yeah we have channel a two drive channel yeah the mesa is um, a great example right the mesa yeah. two-channel yeah. effects loop all that thing right Yeah, so really, I mean, I'd I'd obviously keep all of my um, modulation, uh, reverb, delay, all that stuff in the effects loop. Um, So it can be run with both. Um, And then with channel switching, I think you kind of leave your drive... uh, All your drive pedals the same, and with the two channels, you just kind of... um, I think find a sound for both of them that you like uh like the way that Justin does it was Justin did it was great where like he would have like a clean channel and a drive channel and with the drive channel he would basically use you know he would go to that kind of heavier channel and maybe turn on like a boost or a light drive um and then with the clean channel he might do something like the you know the ethos clean along with that um I don't know.
0: Yeah. So the what's your, I mean, if we want to look at it from, you know, there, again, there are no rules, but if we wanted to look at it from what I would consider like a, a very conventional approach, a very traditional approach, right? Yeah. Is you think of your, the drive channel on your amp is no different than the drive channel on your pedal board, right? Yeah. <clears throat> So, you, you you know, if you're looking at a pedal board going into a pedal platform amp or a clean amp, you're going to have all your drives followed by, traditionally followed by your time-based and your modulation, your reverbs, things like that. Yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> so if you think of a two-channel amp as basically just replacing your drive channels with that preamp, then you're going to need to move all those time-based, modulation, reverbs, behind the preamp so that's what the effects loop is for so you're going to put those into your into your to your preamp and again you know if, if you people are just out there listening to this going this is you know we do it differently sure totally but i'm just kind of doing a very traditional approach and you know hopefully maybe there's new people out there that are just still trying to figure this out so we're just going to break it down very simply here and so that's the, the traditional way is you wanna take those same effects that are following your drive, but because your drive is now in the amp, you wanna put those in the effects loop. Now, the problem with effects loops is, and I'm not an amp builder, is not all effects loops are created differently. Some have um, outputs that you can control how much volume's going out. Some have uh, a buffered returns maybe, so like the, the impedance levels go up and down. So effects loops get very tricky. So if I was to just do a, a stock reply, I would say what I want to get is some control in my effects loop. So I might put my time-based effects in that effects loop, yep. but I'd put them in some sort of parallel device like the GigRigs wetter box where you have a you know full analog signal path going back into your you know effects loop return, but in there you can control how much of the effect you're blending in to that parallel path signal. And I think that's a super good way to solve a lot of effects loop problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other way is, um, you know, if you have like a Dumble style amp, you know, they, Mm -hmm. Howard Dumble made specific, you know, devices called dumbbellators that allowed for this kind of effects loop wizardry to happen. And so, I mean, those are super expensive, but Fuchs (laughs) or Fuchs um, makes one called the Verberator. I think is what it's called, and it's basically, you know, a tube-based uh, reverb with a parallel effects loop in there, so you can put that in your effects loop, and that just helps you control those levels because the minute you put something in your flex loop and you turn it on or off, you're going to see signals jump up all over the place. So that's really what you're trying to trying to, you know, uh, some of the problems or some of the gotchas that you might want to look for in that effects loop. So, if I was running a two-channel amp, and I do sometimes, I have uh, uh, the, the Mesa and a two rock. And the way we kind of do that is, um, put, uh, the verberator in there, uh, which allows us to, um, do a parallel mixing of some delay. So it's very simple. The effects loop, what's in there. And then up front though, what's interesting is, um, like I like to shape that drive channel. So what I do is I'll put like a treble booster on the front side of my amp. So when I go play a lead line or something, or I want to like you know, step away from a pad that's going to be below a, a vocal track, so you know, uh, more mids focus. So it kind of doesn't get louder, just gets heard differently. When the mm-hmm. when I'm taking a lead, is I'll put a treble booster in front of it, and I'll drive that that second channel, which isn't super gained up, because then um, I don't like to also one. I don't. I've been getting less and less gainful in my age is I'll just <laughs> drive it with that trouble booster. Right. And so yeah. it'll slam that p- preamp and then not only get a little bit of volume boost, get a little more saturation. And then also just kind of shape those mids trouble booster is a horrible name, but shape those mids a little bit. So I can cut through the mix a little better. Yeah. So if I was doing it, you know, I might do uh, something in the effects loop that allows me to parallel mix. The gig rig wetter box is a great option. And then I'd put my shaper, which could be a boost of some sort, um, treble boost, a clone, something that has some shape to it in front and just drive that to kind of cut my cut to the mix on my leads.
1: Yeah. Would you, uh, if you had the right, um, effects loop, would you throw a clone style right at the front of the effects loop so that you're even the the, the amp itself, uh, it is all getting shaped by that clone instead of uh, the clone going before the amp?
0: That's a great question. So this is, this is an instance where, um, maybe we love the sound of our amp and we just want to make it louder, right. For a lead. Yeah. So you have to put that boost then after your preamp. So you have to put that boost in the effects loop.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because otherwise you're going to be hitting that preamp and it's going to get saturated and it's going to get more, it yeah. may, you know, maybe you've run out of headroom. So put it at, in that case, you're putting your, your your very, like a full range boost versus a treble booster in the um, effects loop and using that as your boost. And it's not going to hurt the amp at all. I mean, the, you know,
1: I mean, and maybe I misunderstood what you said. You could ideally use that second channel as like a boost. If you're not, you know, if, if it's not changing the, you know, the gain structure too much or the tone, um, and you're really kind of using it as like, more of like a, a boost pedal or, or light overdrive that, um, especially like the, the Mesa mark five that has the EQ built in. Like you could probably use that, like a specific channel to boost it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So are you saying that you're thinking like, oh, still just keep everything in front and just use that second channel if it has the same amount of headroom it's just a little volume boost right you kind of use it yeah that way is what you're saying like, i
1: that and that might be hard to do depending on you know the wh- what the two channel amp is i mean we could talk about like uh an orange amp or something like that that has like a clean and then the the boost is actually like much much more overdriven than something like the mesa mark 5 there's i mean a huge variety um uh, you could look at like uh marshall amps too where the you know the drive channel is you know, a pretty heavy rock channel and it's not just a, a slight overdrive. (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) Right. So like, I mean, there's obviously a wide range, but I think the, the, I mean, to answer the question that was asked, the, the way to do it is kind of uh, keep drives in front and use them as needed. And then um, everything else in the effects loop time. Yep. And the the
0: gotchas with the effects loop are just, you know, um, maybe look for some way to run it in parallel. Yeah. So it's not in series, and it allows you just to blend in how much wet effects you mm. want in there. I mean, yeah, it still maintains that signal all the way through. That's a great um, way to do it. I mean, I, yeah. yeah, love it. Then the um I was just trying trying to think of some other ideas. There. I think that's just we can leave that one there. But then the real question is: is do you want to run um if you're doing it that way? So you you'd run if you're running out of the same board you and you still want to control your foot control of your pedals, you'd have to run from your guitar into your board out of your board into the amp, then the effects loop out all the way back to your board, which would then patch into the time-based ones and then back from your board there. So you have an extra, you know, whatever, 10 feet of run or 20 feet of run per your effects run and effects send. Mm-hmm. Or if you want to get super fancy, you could do a MIDI type switcher, and just put that in a rack unit behind your amp, so you have less of a cable run. Um, so, you, but you're still controlling it from the floor. So, a lot to explore there. That maybe, hopefully, we hopefully that answers some of the question and gives you some ideas uh, as how uh, you know things you might explore. Uh, but that's 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 not a, I mean, that's beyond just a topic of its own, and we could go on forever about effects loops. Yeah. and different ways yeah. to set those
1: up. I feel like we have to move on because yeah, we could definitely get stuck on this for a long time. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the key though, is just, you know, think of the, you know, just think of it, just think of the X second channel in your amp as uh, a drive gain stage on your board and make the decision. Do we want to put our time-based effects after that or before that or how we want to do it um, yeah. and go from there? Uh, okay. That was from, that was actually from Nate and Dio and Diano Nate and Dio. Uh, anyways, thanks for the question, Nate. Great question. Um, and it is an age-old question that we're all still trying to work through. <laughs> um, all right. This is from Mike and the Mistakes. And we actually had quite a dialogue going on on Instagram. We were uh, DMing each other back and forth. He says, how do I make fuzz work for me? Help. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, and so,
0: uh, we, you know, I re- immediately, cure. I was like, this is the episode for you because both Maybe not so much you, but me. Like I was like a late adopter of fuzz, and now I'm absolutely addicted to it. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what kind of what he he says he says I think I found my fuzz flavor. I'm just not sure how to make it work. All I want to do is play white stripes riffs. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so that sounds like heaven. So yeah, <laughs> that's perfect. That's and exactly. soup and his flavor of fuzz is super fuzz. So Vince, oh, do you want to talk perfect. about how you're using fuzz and like and then I'll talk I mean, about how I'm using it and how how I became
1: how I came to love it yeah I mean the part of the thing about loving fuzz is I've I've, we've talked to plenty of uh guitarists and musicians who like all they all want to like fuzz but it just doesn't work for them for whatever reason um it's kind of like the issue that I've had with um certain amplifiers where they always sound so good when I see somebody playing one, but every time I try, it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> sure. And I can't figure out why why it doesn't work. But yeah, so like fuzz is definitely, uh, I would describe it as an acquired taste, but it it's also so broad too that um, it can kind of, I feel like you could find something that you like about it. Um, but the way that I use fuzz is I use fuzz as... Um, a way for my guitar to sound very big and heavy. Um, I kind of beef up my tone um, and kind of have this muddy, clean sound with fuzz. Um, And I do that by basically oversaturating the fuzz with with some sort of drive in front of it that it is also used to kind of Uh, tone shape as it goes into the fuzz too Um, because I want um, usually a little more highs out of a fuzz than what they normally provide. Um, So I'll use, uh, you know, a tube screamer and have the tone turned up pretty far before going into the fuzz, Um, but just a very, very light drive so that it uh, saturates and um, kind of dials in a little bit of clarity to the messiness that fuzz brings. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting.
0: The, what I found just from a basic general kind of understanding, and, and it's almost how I approach all fuzzes, except for the fuzz I just got, the new one, <laughs> is I never run fuzz by itself. I always run fuzz into something else, and that's what makes fuzz so magical, is yeah. for me, you know my kind of, and also I'm using fuzz largely for lead lines, not yeah. necessarily for rhythm, right? So I yeah. u- would use it for riffs, I would use it for lead. Rarely am I using fuzz for rhythm in my in my world. Again, Mike, this is, this is my world, this is how I fell in love, and if it works for you, great. If not, let's just revisit the conversation is I never run Fuzz alone. And it's always going into a Klon circuit, which mm-hmm. is, in my case, the Wildwood Milner. And I've tried so many, I've, sw- I've swapped pedals, even the Joey Landris signature Wild- or Milner, and I'm just like, nope, it's gotta be that Wildwood. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I love that pedal. So it has, to, it has to go into there. And sometimes I love going into a bluesbreaker type circuit. So, a morning glory is a great uh, option to throw it into. Um, the new Gladio Coliseum is a pedal mm. that's both clon and bluesbreaker. So, just put a fuzz in front of that and feed it into there, and you've got, I mean, you're set, you're in heaven. Um, but for me, my love of fuzz only came after I started running it into other shaping devices, whether it's a bluesbreaker or clon or clon and bluesbreaker, whatever it is. Um, but that's just. W- what it's been for me and then also my love for fuzz has been the um an octave fuzz so that's that's my thing and so mike specifically said super fuzz is his 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 deal that's his favorite flavor of fuzz and so you know the one pedal that i said i'd never kick off my board but doesn't fit on there now so is the jhs supreme fuzz which is yeah. that's a super fuzz type circuit and the shinny types uh, circuits are also something you might look at and so you know the super fuzz that um jhs makes the supreme has that little button on the front that gives a little boost to the mid so i'm in heaven with that pedal into the milner so i think for me your fuzz path you know you found the flavor of fuzz now try shaping it with different different effects
1: yeah really just experimenting, right yeah try stacking try Stacking things in front of it, stacking things behind it, um, tone shapers, uh, boosts, um, things like that.
0: Yeah. So hopefully that helps Mike. And please let us know how your journey goes. I'm really curious because as a super fuzz fan. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope, I hope I can help another, you know, the, the super fuzz in me sees the super fuzz in you and hopefully we can figure something out. Namaste. Um, so this is our next question. And this is from Wilmer Vargas. And Wilmer is a heck of a guitar player. His Instagram's account. You should go check him out. But he is thinking, he's curious about the best setup, I, I, what I what I guess would be ordering the BD-2, the Boss BD-2, the SD-1, and the DS-1 together. How would you order those?
1: Um, Oh, boy. The BD2 is the weird one for me. Okay. That's the one
0: that makes the most sense to me. So let's see where you're going, Vince.
1: That's the one. I don't know where I would put it. I think no matter what, I would stack the SD1 first. Um, That pedal is so versatile and just good sounding. Um, It works as like a really, really, really light overdrive. Um, It's got a pretty wide range. But... Uh, I feel like I would stack it SD one, then the blues driver, and then the DS one. Was that the third one? DS one, yep. yeah. Yeah, uh, and then the DS one third. Um, and that would allow me to, like, I think you could get some really cool tones out of like the SD one into the into the BD one, the blues driver, um, and then you know the DS one kind of. Um, almost as like a lead channel, um, where you could kind of get the, the higher gain, the higher gain sounds. And then you could also boost either of the other two pedals into it and really kind of saturate that one up too. Um, real, I'm going to revisit that in just a second,
0: but I just was Googling the DS one and I don't know why a Keely modded DS one with the ultra and Scene eye mod is eighteen hundred dollars on reverb. What? Like am I missing something? Like I'm pretty sure I had those back in the day. Like what did I do by selling that? Like <laughs> can't Keely mod can't Keeley just do another mod? <laughs> I don't know. Or he's not maybe he's not modding anymore, but man, eighteen
1: hundred dollars? Holy gosh. Especially considering like the DS one is like 50 to $59, 60. right? Yeah. Like it's not, it's a very affordable pedal.
0: Yeah. sixty two ninety nine at Sweetwater right now. Oh, Amazon will get you tomorrow for $58 and 99
1: cents. Um, go. but yeah. Uh, so that's my, that's my ordering. Uh, I, and I actually haven't explored the BD one very much like BD two. Uh, sorry. Yeah. BD two. I mean, a blues driver in general. I don't know if I even have any, like, I'm sure one of my drives, would probably classify as a as a blues driver um but i don't necessarily know the guts and um kind of what makes a blues driver different from an overdrive um but Whoa. yeah that's so i i haven't ex- i haven't experimented with that with as much but i have a ds1 and an sd1 and i love both those pedals yeah you do have
0: both those that's funny uh so I'm again I'm just Googling here real quick on the BD2, and there's an extremely rare one for thirteen thousand dollars on here. And I'm like, why is this thirteen thousand dollars? But it's in a glass box of some sort. Um, <laughs> um I don't know. Anyways, so and I also have a Keeley modded BD2. So I'm like, maybe my BD2 is worth $2,000, but it's not. <laughs> so not as much as the DS, uh, whatever, uh, two was, was that right? Um, or DS1. So I would, Wilmer, I would go the exact opposite. And Vince and I live <laughs> in the exact opposite worlds because he runs his Tube Screamer into his fuzz. Is that right? You yeah. shape it that way. I shape it the other way. Yeah. I go from highest gain to lowest gain. And so a higher game to a uh, lower game. So I would say I'd probably go, uh, the orange one, the yellow one, then the blue one. Right. I think that's cause the orange ones distortion. Yep. Yellow ones overdrive. Is that right? Yep. And then the blues drivers probably just like kind of light breakup. So if I was to okay. think like, Oh, how am I going to do it? That's kind of how I have my game staging set up uh-huh. anyways is fuzz. Um, overdrive of some sort, which, is a, you know, blues, blues breaker or, yeah. um, and then into the Klon circuit, which is really you, the way I run mine's, no gain, just boost. So yeah. I would almost maybe look at that. Um, the one thing you don't get with that is you don't get to like, no, you do. Cause you could, if, if you're looking to do, let's say a uh, clean rhythm or like kind of an overdriven light rhythm. You could just have the BD2 on and roll the volume up and down. And if you needed to take a lead, you could. And if you wanted that lead to sing a little more, then you could choose whether you wanted to, you know, goose it with the DS, with the DS1 or the, what is what are the two? Um, SD1 or the DS1. Yeah. Um, or really kind of hit them together. Because like, I, I live in a world of... Um, Less gain, I think. So I like all my gains to be very low, and I just collectively add little hints of gain everywhere to finally I get something that's higher gain. I guess is maybe the way yeah. I would approach it. Does that feel right?
1: I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, uh, the logic's there. I, that, yeah, yeah it's just funny.
0: maybe that's that's where I, I would I think go for it.
1: Yeah. I'm but just really I right
0: now. I'm just bummed that I don't have a BD two that's worth two thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, anyways, I think that's, that's kind of how I would do it. And you're going BD2 SD one or DS one, no DS one, then SD one, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going, no, I'm going, uh, the super drive, uh, the yellow super drive yep. SD one first. Oh, and then I'm doing blues driver second. Uh huh. And uh, I think that might—I mean—that might change depending on how I'm using the SD1. Because in my in my mind, I'm using the SD1 as a very, very, very light overdrive, right? Um, Almost like you—I the same way I would use a tube screamer. You know, I I would keep the gain really, really low, Um, and then the blues driver. Like I would probably stack the SD1 into the blues driver for kind of a little bit more of a a saturated rhythm, like rock and roll rhythm tone. Right. And then, yeah, I would go, and then I would go heavy with the DS-1. And I'd probably be saturating the distortion with the overdrive as well, where I'd basically toggle the blues driver off and turn on the distortion.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. But? Um, I'm trying to think of, like, if there's another way I would use them so let's just say you have an AB box Vince. I'm going to throw that at you. Like, cause you know me, I just like to have everything at one switch away, right? One yeah. foot switch away. So if you had it like in a loop switcher and you could go from one tone to another tone. Yeah. Like what would your
1: two loops be? My two loops? Uh,
0: yeah. I'm thinking like, let's say, let's say you, the, if you're playing in, um, uh, Oh, I'm trying to think like, so if you're, let's, let's say I'm trying to think if you're playing like in a heavy, heavier band with more gain. Yeah. You know, would so you? So my,
1: my two loops would be, loop one would be the SD one into the blues yep. driver. Yep. And then loop two would be SD one into the distortion. So both of them oh, being okay. Okay, saturated okay. by the SD one, the SD one basically being an always on. And then the other two just. Oh,
0: Oh, okay. So you'd always have the you'd leave the S D one on all the time and then you'd use your looper to the A B would be the switching between the distortion and the B D two. Yeah, I think so. Okay, because we actually did a whole episode on the SD one. We did, yeah. And like what a great pedal for such little money.
1: Yeah, that lived on my board for a long time as like my the first pedal on my chain.
0: And we were also blown away by just like how clean it can get.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it it it's a great. wild pedal. It sounds so saying, saying, yeah, good. Because I keep my amp very, very, very clean. And I, I basically use the SD-1 uh, as a tone shaper and just the lightest breakup. Like, very, very light breakup.
0: Yep. But, um, so, yeah. that So, you actually have more experience with the SD-1. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's how we, we talked about that on the show is that you would have that as an always-on. And so, if yeah. you need to dig in a little bit to get a little... Uh, dirt you can, otherwise it's just kind of shaping tone and lifting your signal a little bit.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. I like it. So those are all, I, let me see, let me just double check. Those are all the questions for
1: today. Sweet. I was going to say, we might not have time for more questions.
0: <laughs> no, it was, it was a fun, I enjoyed it though. Like
1: that was really great. Actually,
0: like a first pass at these questions was great. Yeah. Um, so thank you for everybody that asked like super, super appreciated. Hopefully that answers your questions and, um, Oh yeah, excited for next week with Jamie, right? So excited. Yeah. And then how long are we out on this um the uh, studio you're building?
1: Honestly, uh, I feel like I could probably get it done this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. It's it's not a long job. It's just uh once I get going, I'm worried I'm going to have to recable everything, but like as far as the setup, like I've purchased everything is purchase that I need for the most part Um, I've got extra you know instrument cables XLR cables Uh, I have a mini mixer as well that um, I could send multiple signals into and then have all of that go into my uh, audio interface there's been uh, a slow uh, consumption of like all of these things Um, and I think I'm to a point where I could probably just spin it up just I love t- it. I just need to commit to it.
0: Yep, yep. You're ready. You have all the necessary parts. Just a matter of just baking the cake now. Yep, pretty much. Gotcha. I'm in the pre-planning phases of like redoing my board. Yeah. Um, because I want to migrate everything
1: to the new pedal pad. Oh and right. Yeah. Oh, so i haven't that, done that yet. I forgot. About I haven't that. done that yet. Oh man. And, I'm. Mine isn't like clean, clean because I had been swapping pedals out so much that I'm like I don't really want to like run all of my cables underneath and make it look super clean because I'm just going to be like popping stuff off and like testing new new pedals constantly. But um, I mean, what I really need to do is have a dual board set up one that is like meant to be swapping stuff out and then like my number one, basically.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, um, I'm just, we'll, we'll, we'll go down this road here in a bit. Cause it'd yeah. be nice to get the studio up and be able to record some sounds for some folks. Um, uh, yeah. f- and then
1: also I'll have to hire a guitarist to come play though.
0: Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can, we got it. Then no, uh, then
1: everyone's going to hear how bad I am at a guitar. <laughs>
0: oh no, you're actually really good. You're a great guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, <laughs> anyways, well, I guess like, um uh, like, cut it right now and um i was up at Moncton yesterday but we'll get we'll get into all that we got too much to catch up on vince we'll we do we'll we'll do that later things are going to slow down for me here and so hopefully we'll uh have a better more regular schedule and thanks to all the fan club members out there and if you can share it with somebody that'd be great we're at effects pedal fan club on the gram we're gonna have some merch coming soon and vince what are we what are we telling people here
1: um you know what go get yourself a new fuzz pedal and test it out That's right. Fuzzrocious. Cattail. Get yourself a
0: Fuzzrocious. All right, Vince. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.